in today's show. We're recapping a pretty busy Monday in the NBA with 10 games on. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got 10 games. We're going to talk about them today. We've got news to get to. Um, no Watfo today, no elaboration today. Do them on the low volume days, which is tomorrow. So if you do have a Watfo for tomorrow, drop it down in the comments below and be on the lookout for a poll on elaboration as well. So let's talk um, news straight into it, the news now. And just after I finished reco- recording yesterday, the news came out on a report of Maga Porter Jr. and his back saying that his season might be in jeopardy. They've discovered a nerve issue in his back, which obviously is horrible news for a bloke that missed two years of basketball with back surgeries and back injuries. He's got about a week, they reckon, here to try and get things moving in the right direction. And then after that, they might have to resort to things like surgery. Am I dropping Maga Porter Jr.? I probably am not. I'd like to wait that week, much like the Nuggets are. But if we're still hearing nothing after a week, then yeah, it is moving in that direction where you, where you can move on. And, and I think that, yeah, if I was putting Watfos on this one, yeah, what are the odds that Michael Porter plays again this season? I would say it's yeah, less than 30 that he plays. So if you wanted to make, that's that's based on just trajectory, history, and guessing. It's not based on any informational sourcing or anything like that. Um, so if you wanted to drop, because there was someone out there, a hot free agent that you needed to add, I can understand taking that risk. Personally, I, I would hold on Porter, but I can see you know taking that risk, and, and I don't think in the end you'll be proven wrong by dropping him at this point. Derek Rose, dealing with an ankle injury. He could be out tomorrow. He's questionable there, so let's just keep an eye on that on a low-volume day. Killian Hayes is out for the next two games at least with that thumb-wrist issue that's been bothering him. That obviously elevates your mate, Corey Joseph, he becomes a good stream option in that scenario. Rui Hachimura and Davis Bertans, they have joined the Wizards G League team. So I guess returns for both of those guys are coming up in the next couple of weeks. That's great news, especially on Rui. Um, the confusion, of, I guess, as to how he fits in the rotation still is there. We don't know how that's going to work, but it's good to see him coming back. And then, of course, the big suspension news. LeBron James has been suspended for one game. Fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No. It's a fucking goat! And of course, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs! Yeah, Isaiah Stewart went for two games. They're always both going to be suspended, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't love the optics of Stewart getting a, more, a game more than LeBron, but what he did, of course, was pretty reckless after the incident. 
And like I said on yesterday's show, if you just go and remonstrate with LeBron after the incident, no one would have cared. He would have got nothing. It was the pre- the calculated rush of and just bowling over people on the court that was a terrible look, and uh, and needed to to he needed to get suspended. I would have thought a game apiece would have been fairer. Uh, look, personally, I think NBA suspensions are always too um, they're always too lenient. I reckon you got to do four games minimum for this stuff. Get them a week out. One game is bullshit. That's how I view it anyway. Um, but if you're going to give LeBron a week, I thought you should have given Stewart a week as well in that um, in that sort of situation. But that's not the way they went. So two games out for Alf. I don't think that Trey Lyles or Luca Garza are 12-team ads. I'd be looking more at Frank Jackson or Hamadou Diallo for stream options. I, I just don't think that Lyles or Garza are going to play more than 25 minutes. They might start the game with one of them, but it'll be low minutes, and they'll just run a lot of Jeremy Grant at center. So they might play 20 minutes each, Gaza and Lyles, or 20 and 15 or something like that. Then you just get a ton of Jeremy Grant playing at center, and they'll go small. That would be my guess for those two games. So I wouldn't be rushing to add Lyles or Gaza, but because it's a low-volume Tuesday, there is some stream value in having those guys in. Whereas for the Lakers, it'll be um, Taylor Horton Tucker, more minutes for and shots for Carmelo Anthony, making him a great option for Tuesday. Uh, Malik Monk gets a little bit of a boost in that scenario as well. So make sure Horton Tucker and Melo yeah, primarily aren't sitting on your wire, especially for Tuesday's action. If we look at the top ads um, over the last 24 hours, number one is Jared Vanderbilt, up 20%. I think it's, I think it's worthwhile, especially... That he is locked into a starting lineup. The Wolves are playing really well. He's only really a defensive stats and rebounds sort of guy, but that can be useful enough. So to pay attention to that. Kevin Herter, old fan of pants, up 14%. That makes sense to me. He's a 12-team league guy. Alec Burks, good vo- low-volume game for him tomorrow, outplaying the diseased scrotum of Fournier. He's worth at least a, 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 an ad to see how it goes. Pat Beverly needs to be rostered everywhere, plus 10% for him. Paddy Mills up nine. He's at least worth a short-term look. Um, Jalen Suggs up 6%. You know that I, I want to hold until after Thanksgiving, uh, until the start of December and see where it goes. He has, obviously has been up and down. And then PJ Tucker, top 100 player over the last two weeks. With Markeith Morris out, we're getting more usage for him and more minutes. And that is leading to some at least you know, Royce O'Neal-y type uh, 12-team value for PJ Tucker. On the drops side of things, we're looking at um, old Eric Bledsoe down 11%. I think that's pretty foolish to have that many people. I know he was shit out last game, don't get me wrong, but I think it's pretty foolish to see that many people drop him. Colin Sexton down 10%, of course. Chemezi Metu down 8%, probably the right move, especially considering how uh, Alvin Gentry looked in his first game coaching. Uh, Thad Young down 7%, sure. Duncan Robinson down 7 I'm de- definitely on board with that. The big stiffy Bones Highland down 7%, sure, drop him. Chris Duarte down 7 drop him. And then unfortunately, the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton, you can drop him. He's also out for the next few games. I would imagine the rest of this week, Melton, with a groin injury. So uh, outside of poor production, um, he's also not going to be playing. So I-, I think dropping him, unfortunately, uh, given the rotations there, is probably the right move. What was that sound? That sound was the sound of another sale through Shopify. It's an all-in-one commerce platform that starts, runs, and helps to grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. Shopify has the tools and the resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. And it powers over 1.7 million businesses from first scale to full scale. 
first sale, sorry, to full scale. That's what I'm trying to say. Reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and on Pinterest. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's full suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA. That'll take us now into the recaps. And let's start with the first game of the night. It is the Brooklyn Nets and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs, of course, were relatively undermanned, but they did get some players back, including Jarrett Allen and Lowry Markinen. The Nets were without uh, Joe Harris and Nick Claxton still, and then Bruce Brown out with a hamstring problem. But there was an interesting thing that happened in this Nets game for the Nets rotation. They started LaMarcus Aldridge at center in the second half, and he played 34 minutes. 21 and 11 with a block. And this is something I was saying a lot in the offseason. I didn't believe that LaMarcus Aldridge had a minutes limit built in because of his heart problem. It was either you play or you don't play. The fact that he played so many minutes gives me pretty good hope. Like he should be rostered everywhere. And if he's not, you've got to roster him now. Griffin played only nine minutes. And I'm not saying it's going to be 34-9 every game. But he should be getting 25 plus most nights now, Aldridge. And with him in the starting unit, they were able to get more Cam Thomas going in the second unit. Thomas had 11 points in 15 minutes. Now, of course, Harris is out. Brown is out. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that Thomas is going to play every night. But at least while those guys are out, it's useful. And it just eliminates the uselessness that is someone like Javon Carter. Bembry started but didn't do too much. While Mills had 17 points with five threes. Harden had 14, 6, and 14, and three steals. And Durant had 27, 6, and 9 with three, three blocks. So good numbers for all of those um, big blokes and all those big-name players. But the Aldridge one is very interesting. The Mills one is a great short-term ad. And then Cam Thomas in deeper leagues. I reckon there's a small chance that he remains in the rotation, um, even when players return. And that could be useful for 20-team leagues and, and maybe even like 18-team leagues. But I wouldn't go... Um, too much shallower than that. If we look at the Cleveland side of things, Markkinen was back 31 minutes, 22 and 8, you know, limited somewhat due to COVID, but back in his starting role, big minutes, must roster player. Ravishing Rick came off the bench. I don't really get starting Dean Wade over Rubio, but oh well. 29 minutes for Rubio, 16, 7 and 5. It didn't really impact him too much. While Garland played 39 minutes and had a trip to the locker room after getting smacked in the face. 24 points, 11 assists. He's been awesome. He took 27 shots here, Garland. Isaac Okoro, 15 points in 36 minutes, two steals, three threes. Now, that's obviously really interesting. Is Isaac Okoro a 12-team guy? No, no, he's not. Is he anything more than like a 20-team league player? Not at this point, but that was encouraging. Let's keep an eye on him. Jarrett Allen played 37 minutes in his first game back, 20 and 15, while Dean Wade, three steals and a block for Wadey is all right, but... What are we doing? Why are we playing him 34 minutes? Well, Kevin Love had eight points in his 17. And also, we got nine useless minutes of Ed Davis because that's what everybody needs in their life. Just a little bit of um, a little bit of Dean Wade. We all, uh, we, all, we all care for that just so, so much. The second game of the day, the Charlotte Hornets and the Washington Wizards. The Hornets get the win 109-103 on the road because Terry Rozier went bananas. 32 points, eight triples, four assists, two steals. He shot 73% from three. Now, Rozier's um, three-point numbers, he was like 26%, I think, before this game. This obviously is a big help to get that back up. 
Um, great game. He's been poor for most of this year, but he's starting to get things back on track. The two-point percentages is up, and now with a big three-point explosion, that's good. Lamella Ball is unbelievable. 17 first-half points, ended with 28, had 13 rebounds, seven assists, three steals, a block, and three triples. Unfortunately, his stellar free throws took a hit. He was just five of seven. He's been hovering like high 80s, low 90s this season, so a bit of a hit there, while Gordon Haywood had 16 and five with two threes. Good game there, but another poor shooting night from Miles Bridges. Now, he played 41 minutes, just six points, though. 23 from the field, 23%. Didn't take a free throw. He was on the buy low show because I thought his percentages needed to come up, his free throw percentage and three-pointers in particular, and they're still down. So that window is still open after this sort of a performance. Ubre had seven points, and he just he just doesn't need to be rostered. Why is he rostered in so many leagues? Get that garbage out of here! He just doesn't need to be. Um, you can move on from Ubre in 12-team as well. Mason Plumlee had nine points with a steal and two blocks. Only 22 minutes for Plumlee in a game where PJ Washington was still out. So Plumlee, to me, is a pretty clear 12-team league drop, I think. Onto the Wizards, the table, Montrez Harrell, just amazing. Now, 24 points looks great. 18 rebounds is great. Unfortunately, he had 0-3, 0 assists, 0 steals, and 0 blocks. But those numbers are great. And then he teamed that up with really good percentages. So a great game from Harrell, who'd been ten, trending down a little bit. So that's good. Beal had 18, 7, and 9. And Kuzma, another poor efficiency night. 11 points, but 13 rebounds and 5 assists. I still think he's, he's a little bit of a sell high because people do really buy into Kyle Kuzma. I'm just not that convinced. Uh, KCP had 17 in 28 minutes, added four steals. He's an elite streamer, like a Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal type of streamer. While Gafford had 8 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 blocks. Now, the 10 rebounds is good. The two blocks is good. Unfortunately, he was just 43 from the field when normally he's like 70%. But that's all you're having for. Blocks, rebounds, and field goal percentage. He's not a high upside player at all because he's never going to get the big minutes required to get to that upside. Um, but that's enough for what he provides. Dinwiddie, shocking. Eight points, 18%. Two threes, 30 minutes. He's outside the top 100 over the last two weeks. I don't think he's going to be a top 100 player by the end of this season. Um, you know that I was pretty down on him coming into draft season. Some places had him like ranked in the 40s, which made uh, zero sense to me. Um, this is sort of who he is. He has these efficiency issues. He lacks steals and blocks, um, not a big rebounder at all. And all of that adds up to not the greatest nine-category league fantasy player. And I think we're starting to see that play out here. Absolute ass kicking from the Celtics against the Rockets. They win it 108-90. to Let's uh, let's talk about the Rockets first, and let's talk about the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Again, he just puts up numbers. 21 minutes, 8 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals. I know, you know 21 minutes isn't enough, but he's just, I, I don't know, he's good. I, I don't know what more to say about him. Like, I just think he's good. And there'll be plenty of people who watch this video who will interact with me on Twitter. Josh, I don't know what you're watching. The guy's garbage. He's shocking. He's, he's lost out there. He's white, therefore he can't defend. People will say that, and they say it to me all the time. And to that, I say, you're wrong. That's fine, we can disagree, but you're wrong. He's good. Now, will he get 28 minutes a night? I don't know when it's coming. But when it does come, this is a top 80 fantasy player. If he plays 30 a night, like top 80 is probably being conservative. He just puts up numbers. He puts up numbers in the NBA. He put them up in the Turkish League. He just puts up numbers. And I think he looks good when he's out there. I'll tell you who doesn't look good, and that is the crucifix Christian Wood. I, I could have gone anywhere with that, couldn't I? Nine, four points, nine rebounds, 33% shooting, took six shots, didn't attempt a free throw. He's been putrid this season. I think for him to get his value back, honestly, he needs to be traded. He's disengaged. He's disinterested. He's getting benched, literally rightfully so, because he's not playing well. 
I think people will view him as this excellent foundational piece. I don't think he's that at all. I think he's a solid enough player who put up numbers on a shocking team last year and has now spat the dummy and is just not putting in the effort. Not, not a good look. Armani Brooks got hot here. Actually, what, what do you do with Wood? I got no, I got no idea. Do you buy low with your worst player? Maybe. Do you drop him in a ten-team league? Uh, why not? He's 150th this season. I think he's better than that. But shit, if you wanted to move on, like in an eight-team league, like get rid of him. In a ten-teamer, I will hold. But holy shit, like it's getting real close. Armani Brooks had 17 points with five threes. The designer drops in uh, three steals as well. That's great, but there's nothing really replicable there. Well, KJ Martin had 10 and 6. Daniel Tice didn't do much. Jalen Green, man, he's he's really bad. Like, at this point, he's really bad. This does not preclude him from becoming good. I'm not saying he's a bad prospect or he was a bad draft pick. I don't think he should have been picked at 2. But he at the moment, he's literally bad. He's one of the worst five rotation players in the NBA, I think. At this point, at this point in time, November 22nd, he's one of the worst NBA players in the league. Like, he just is. He will become better. I am holding him still. Give me a couple more weeks, but it's it's really bad. Um, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate had six points in 22 minutes. I, I don't believe he's must roster in 12-team leagues. I think you can find better options out there. Same with Eric Gordon, who had nine points in 25 minutes. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown. He returned to action. JB, you've done it again. He was quiet, didn't score at all in the first quarter. And then to, to end, I think it was the second quarter, maybe it was early third quarter, he came in and had like 12 points in about a minute and a half. Ended with 19 points, three rebounds in 23 minutes. He was on a minutes restriction and it was a blowout. Um, good that my the over-under was 19 and a half and I uh, took the under there because I thought he was going to go over it for sure. And then, uh, yeah, it was a blowout, so he didn't really need to do too much more. So that was good news. While the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams also returned two points, but 15 boards, he's fine. Make sure he's on a roster. Marcus Smart did leave the game early, go to the locker room. We don't really have an update on that. Seven points, five assists in 28 minutes. He wasn't particularly good. While Schroeder moved to the bench, played 28 minutes, had 18, one, and zero. That's a Jordan Clarkson line. Keep an eye on Schroeder because obviously he'd been balling. Top 30 player over the last two weeks. But the minutes and the usage with Brown back are going to take a hit. He was a sell-high player. I think that window is probably closed. We're still holding him, but it would not shock me if he falls outside of top 120 discussions. Also, Jason Tatum, that early season run, of being shocking is over. 30 and 6, a triple, 46%. He's now the 27th ranked player and he's 14th over the last two weeks. And he should be getting back, um, yeah, back into that top 20 type of area. Um, yeah, pretty soon. I thought he was impressive. I thought Romeo Langford did pretty well as well. 10 points in 20 minutes. And um, Aaron Neesmith hit some nice shots uh, towards the end of the game when he was in there in that, uh, in that garbage time alignment. Guys, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Well, it's a scam by businesses to get your money. You can download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't want, that you don't need, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill is here to make it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Another scam is brick and mortar auto stores, chain auto stores. What's the point? These guys, you go there, 
get out of your car. You got to line up in the store. Got to wait to talk to the assistant who might be condescending or intimidating with the questioning. And then you're going to pay more money. What a load of rubbish that is. Why don't you go to rockauto.com, which is a family business serving online do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from the big box chain auto store? From brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything you need for your car and truck. So go to their website. It looks great. Check out the catalog, everything they've got there for your car or truck. And in there, how did you hear about us box? Right, locked on. So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's go to the next game. It is the Thunderhawks. Oklahoma City against Atlanta. And this was the Thunder without Shea Gildas-Alexander. So it was always going to be a little bit of a bloodbath, but they kept it sort of close. 113-101. The big fella, Josh Giddy. 15, 7, and 8, one steal, two blocks. Please, for the love of God, I think he's rostered in 40% of ESPN leagues. Can you take your fingers out of your asses? Like, what are you doing? Must roster player. Absolute must roster player. Can I, do you want me to say it again? He's a must roster player. Three double digit scoring games in a row from him. Um, Big Joe Rogan as well. Jeremiah Robinson now. Not must roster, but 32 minutes, 13 and 10 with two threes. If you're in a 14 team league, he is a must roster, I think. I think you've got to add him. Keeps starting, keeps playing well, and keeps playing better every game. 154th over the last two weeks, JRE is. Big numbers. Really like where this is heading for him. Lou Dort, we uh, elaborated on him the other day, said, yeah, this field goal percentage is not going to stick. Uh, 31% for 15 points here, three threes. It was never going to stick. Can you still roster him? Yeah, you hold for now, but it could it could start to get ugly. Like if we string a couple of like 37 percenters in a row, um, it could it could be a problem. But still hold. Darius Baisley, do not hold that garbage. Four points, 18%. Just some of the most putrid shooting displays you'll ever see this bloke puts up. Sometimes he looks nice with good rebounds and he gets steals and blocks. But holy shit, the field goal percentage from this guy is atrocious. And it consistently is atrocious. Uh, we've got 22 minutes of Pokyshevsky, 9-9. Nine and nine. He is so far off the pace this season, though, that it is pretty troubling. Well, uh, it just gives me an opportunity to do it because I don't get to do it much. I could barely recognize my own dick. Gabriel Deck played a minute. There you go. Onto the Hawks, Trey Young, 30 points in 32 minutes. Probably played a little bit longer than I expected in this game. Well, Johnny Collins, the Baptist, 35 minutes for Collins. That's great. Five blocks, 11 points, six rebounds, five assists. Basically, they're not playing a backup center now. Collins is the backup center. That's giving more minutes to the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! He had 11 and six with the triple one. I think you can add Gallinari in 14-team leagues, at least for the short term. I'm adding Herder. Old Fanta Pants to 12 teamers, 13, 5, and 5, while Reddish had a stinker, 9 points in 23. Herder is clearly the priority over Reddish. Reddish is a definite 4 team. He's not, not 14 team. He's not bad in 12, but Herder is the priority. Bogdanovich, I don't know what to do with this bloke, man. 13 points in 27 minutes, 3 threes, another shocking night. He is 155th this season. I think in a 10 team league, you get way more value off the wire. I think, I think. What's that? What's that? I'm just getting just getting word now from Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, you can drop him in 10-team leagues. And I think, I think if you do it in 12-teamers, you'll be okay. Capella had 10 and 14, but otherwise the uh, line was relatively empty for the big Kerner. The Minnesota Timberwolves smash the Pelicans 110-96. This Wolves team, they are, on, they are on a roll. They are just demolishing teams, amazingly. Townsy, 28 and 10 in 35 minutes. Pat Beverly, absolute must-roster player. 10-4-4, four, four, three steals and two blocks. Vanderbilt, holy shit. Those people who added him, 16-11. and 11, You love that. Now, do not count on this at all. But he's 106 over the last two weeks. 
He is a 12-team option. Jaden McDaniels also played well. I would prefer Vandy to Jaden. 10 and 8 in 30 minutes for McDaniels with a steal and a block, while Goose had 18 and 7. Unfortunately, did not shoot well. That's been a, a theme for him all season. Um, 38 from the field and 60 from the line, but not to be outdone. D'Angelo Russell said, I can do better than that. 19% he shot. 11, 3, and 8 with 67%. Now, Russell is playing well, but the field goal percentage is a massive issue, and you basically are going to lose it if he's in your team with how much he's shooting and how many of those that are missing. But bulk stats are good. Malik Beasley, not a 12-team league guy. I'm sure you're all well aware of that, and hopefully uh, you have moved on. Get that garbage out of here! On to the Pelicans. Well, we made some changes to the starting lineup. And ready for some um, comments? Willie Grant, I don't think you know what you're doing. At this point, it doesn't make sense. Nothing would tell me that Garrett Temple should play rotation minutes, or let alone be moved into the starting lineup. Now, to be fair to Green, he started him, and kids cover your ears. He went, oh, what the fuck have I done? Have I fucking lost my mind? And then they pulled him out after 14 minutes, him and Sadoransky. These guys were throw-ins in the Lonzo ball deal. Now, I've liked Sadoransky as a player, but there is zero reason for Sadoransky and Garrett Temple to be getting minutes on a team that is as dreadful as this over Kyra Lewis and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It's malpractice. I don't know what the hell David Griffin's telling Willie Green, but this is bullshit. And don't tell me that Temple's played well because he has been horrible. Like, he's been really bad. And when it comes to, hey, he's been really bad, we've got a young guy who's been bad, but also Kyra Lewis showed something in the last couple of games. Don't default to starting the old 35-year-old player who's been dreadful. There's no sense in it. Like, there is nothing that you could tell me that would justify Garrett Temple even playing rotation minutes. You've got Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, uh, Kyra Lewis. These guys just don't play because we're seeing guys like spuds like Temple take the minutes. I don't think, I don't think Green's a good coach. I know he doesn't have Zion. I still don't think he's a good coach. He's got plenty of time to prove me wrong, though. Josh the Hitman Hart had 13 and 5 with 5 assists, 3 steals, and 3 blocks. Just filling it up in multiple categories. While the buy low on Brandon Ingram is very much wide open. It is as wide open as, I don't know, insert term for something that's very wide open. I was going to say something horribly rude and inappropriate, but I won't say that. Um, Ingram, 9 points on 15% shooting. He is shooting at a horrible level. It is going to come up. I don't know when, but buy low. It couldn't. You couldn't buy any lower than this. Balanchunas, not the greatest night for old uh, old JV here. Jonas Vasilinovas. Foul trouble, limited him to 19 minutes. He had a knee issue, but he was able to return. 13 and 6 in 19 minutes. Don't panic. Well, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 27 minutes off the bench, 14 and 5 with two threes. That's fine. Do you want to drop him because he moved to the bench? Did the Garrett Temple starting situation fill you with confidence that it's going to continue? Because it, it didn't for me. If I had Alexander-Walker which I think I do in some leagues, I wouldn't look at this and go, man, he's got to go. I've got to drop him based on this. Because A, he put up okay numbers. B, Garrett Temple's dreadful. C, this team's a shit show. Things are going to change again. But given his production, I understand why he'd want to drop him. But this move does not necessitate that, I don't think. And then the other change they made was uh, moving Jackson Hayes, who David Griffin wasted the eighth pick on a couple of years ago. Yep, I'll say it. You, you wasted it. You don't take a raw center at pick eight. Uh, he took him out of the rotation and started Billy Hernan Gomez. Now, Hernan Gomez is a guy that can put up double-doubles. And he did it here, 19-11. That, that's really solid. And he, he was good at that. But what's the point? Like, what is the point of that? Again, there's no point in throwing these guys out there to still get smashed by the Minnesota Timberwolves while you're at home. All well and good. We want young guys to be competitive. Well, we, want to, sorry, we want the veterans and the older guys to be competitive. You're not competitive. 
That's my problem with that theory. If they came in and started pushing them to wins, then I, I could get it. But it doesn't happen. It's like, it's like the bullshit in Houston. Um, Lewis played 32 minutes. So I guess that's a positive. 10 points, 6 assists. At some point, the minutes have got to push up for him. I'm really interested in adding him in deeper leagues. While Herbalife Jones, 31 minutes, 6 points, 5 rebounds. Like, you could be starting Lewis, Hart, Ingram. Someone else I'm missing there. Valentunas. Who was the other starter? Um... Oh, Devontae Graham when he comes back, maybe. But I, don't, I don't even think you need to start him, but you probably do because he's better than those other players. But just a disaster of a showing once again from the New Orleans Pelicans, and I am really worried about where the trajectory of things. Yes, Zion's going to make a huge difference. It doesn't change the horrible decision-making that's going on with this team at the moment. Shout-out to Jake Madison over at Locked on Pelicans, who I know is frustrated, and he's going to have some pretty, um, I reckon, not inflammatory, but some pretty aggressive things to say about this team. So I'd be tuning into Locked on Pelicans personally. I will be tuning into it. I suggest you do as well. The Chicago Bulls, they got their asses kicked by the Pacers. Now, is it just because Alex Crusoe was out? Maybe. Could be. Um, I don't think that's all of it. It was a back-to-back. They played seven games in 10 days. All of that was a concern. Um, but you don't lose at home to the Pacers that badly, generally. Not uh, not ideal at all to, uh, to lose to that much to a team that's uh, had their fair share of struggles. All right, so let's look at things from the Pacers' point of view. They win 109-77. Limited minutes because it was a blowout so early. Brogdon, 29 minutes, 16-4-7 with two blocks. Great. Sabonis, awesome. 21-11 with four assists. Miles Turner, a double-double with four blocks, 12-10. Just big numbers across the board. Justin Holiday, 26 minutes, 14 points, four threes. He does have streaming options for 12s and probably is at least a sneaky 14-team league ad. Karis Levert, at least he hit some shots, but only 20 minutes. I'm worried about his back. 12 points, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. Hard to get too worried based on today's game, but yeah, I'm worried. Um, Timothy John McConnell, 21 minutes, 4 points. I don't believe that TJ is must-roster in 12-team leagues. A lot of other fantasy people will disagree with me on that. I just don't see it for him unless people are, are out. And even then, his game doesn't really suit Carlisle, I don't think. And then Duarte is a drop as well. Nine points, two threes, six rebounds in 23 minutes for Duarte. I think that Justin will continue to start and Duarte will continue to come off the bench. For the Bulls, hard to get too down or too read too much into it, but there's some shit lines here. 18 for DeRozan's good, but pretty empty otherwise. Levine had 17, but then Kobe White was a spot start for Caruso. Oh, I don't think Kobe White's a very good NBA player. I know he's just coming back from a shoulder injury, but he's never really shown me outside of maybe like a four or five game stretch that he's a good NBA starter. Four points in 25 minutes, 20% shooting. He's not a 12-team league guy. He might be a 14-team league streamer. That's about it. While it was a stinker from Lonzo Ball. Zero points, missed all seven of his shots and had five rebounds and two assists. Um, he's a little bit down at the moment. Maybe there's a bit of a buy low there for Lonzo. But honestly, this game was just an ass kicking pretty much straight away. We got 24 minutes of Ayo Desumnu, seven points there with a block. That's cool, but I don't know really what to take away from a game that was as over as early uh, as this one was. And that basically goes for the next game as well, uh, with the, the Orlando Magic losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. They were down like 50 points at one point. They ended up losing 123-92, but it does give me an opportunity to do this at least. Mo Wagner got extended playing time. 24 minutes, 18 points, three threes and two blocks. Don't read into it. Roderick Hampton Jr., 14, 8, and 5 with two steals. I don't know why Hampton has been so limited this season, but with um, uh, Harrison Anthony out, we got good minutes. He might be a short-term man if those guys are out long-term or out for a few more games. 
26 minutes for a Kiki, 12 points. His numbers have been okay. I still don't think he's anywhere near a 12 or a 14-team league guy. Remember, this is a real blowout situation. While uh, old Fox Mulder had 13 points in 27 minutes. Stinker from Bumba, 2 points in 20. Jalen Suggs, shocking, 5 points in 17 minutes. Franz Wagner, dreadful, 0 points in 24 minutes on 0 of 9 shooting. I'm not going to punish these guys too much. Like I'm still holding Wagner in 12-team leagues, but I don't think Wagner has very high upside. I think he's really good at being solid across the board, and that has real value in the same way that Royce O'Neal has fantasy value. Wagner's a bit better than that, but I don't think he's got tremendous upside where we'll just wait, just wait, he's going to blow into the top 80. I don't think that's going to happen for Wagner. I think the possibility is there for Suggs to do that. That's why I'd hold him. But if you need to move on, Wagner can be cut. Like It's not going to kill your team or, or your season, I don't think. He'll obviously be better than this, right? Obviously. But... Again, losing out on the 130th best player, who cares? Like, you can find that value. You can stream it in. You can bring short-term guys in. But this was just a disaster of a game. And you go to the Bucks side, again, it's hard to judge anything here. Giannis had 12, 8, and 9. Unfortunately, horrible from the field and the line. Paddy Connaughton had 17 points in 22 minutes. His massive season continues. I keep not buying it, but maybe I should buy it. Maybe, maybe he's good. I don't think he is, but maybe he is. He's got some short-term 12-team league value. Punchbob had 13 and 11, another 40% shooting night. Drew Holiday, 18, 6 and 4. Grayson Allen, just the 19 minutes. Chris Middleton, 20 minutes. Rocket Rodney Hood played 22, if you want to know how badly this game was over. So it is hard. Look, we got more than a quarter's worth of Georgios Kalatsakis. We got 13 minutes of Kalatsakis. Like, that's how bad this game was. Don't overreact too much to anything that happened in that one. Let's go to Phoenix and San Antonio. The Suns win it. They were up big, and then uh, San Antonio stormed back. 115-111. Ayton was big. 21-11. Since his leg injury, he's been really good. Like, really, really turning up the heat. 21-14, uh, while Devin Booker had 23-4 and four assists and campaign. On the weekly preview show, which some people apparently can't find, um, on the weekly preview show, I said Payne might be an interesting weekly league um, start candidate. Started off the week well. 20 points in 20 minutes. Remember when Landry Shamit was playing more than him? Shamit actually did play more than him. It said, remember to today, 11 points in 23 minutes for Shamit. He wasn't too bad here, to be fair. While Bridges, another poor offensive game for Mikhail. Five points, but six rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Now, there are a lot of people who have asked me, is he droppable? He's the 86th ranked player. So unless you're playing in a six-team league, an eight-team league, then no, he's not. And he's 86 while having many things not go his way in terms of the stats. Like that, def Defensive numbers will come. Jay Crowder, you're going to be shocked. He was terrible. Six points. Ah, terrible. Two, six points, two threes. Well, Chris Paul had 12, two and four. Paul was like a top five guy for a stretch there. He's falling back, which I think is to be expected. 12 points. He was getting by on gigantic assists and gigantic steals, and they are coming back to the pack. Um, let's go to the San Antonio Spurs. Maximum Derek. The thing that I'm most impressed with here with D Derek White is the fact that he played 40 minutes. He had 19 points. He had two steals and two blocks with four assists. He's been getting those numbers all season, but the usage was up, the confidence was up, and the minutes were up. This is why I've been holding him. This is no guarantee that this happens next game, but hopefully it kickstarts him. Devin Vassell, 17 points. He's a must-roster player. There was no Dougie McDirt, remember? So Kata Bates, Diop started, but it was Vassell that got those minutes, as he should. Well, Yucca Pirtle, 15-9, first game back now. An absolutely disgusting one of six from the free-throw line, but a must-roster player. And then Keldon Johnson, it's a weird game. 27 minutes, eight points. Didn't shoot particularly poorly, 57%, but as is always the problem with Keldon. 
Missed both his free throws. Didn't get a steal or a block. 92 assists. Didn't hit a three. Like, he's just... I don't know. He's just so lacking to me overall. Hopefully, you sold high because you couldn't have sold high after this game. Um, oh, DeJounte Murray triple-doubled. Hey, 18, 10, 11 with three steals and a block. Inefficient from the field and from the line, but overall, a really, really big game. But some positives there. Big from Vassell. Big from White. Good from Murray. Good from Pirtle to get back there. And... Um, a stinker from Calden and Thad Young played five minutes. You can go ahead and uh, Jack Armstrong, Thad. Get that garbage out of here! Okay, so let's head to the next game. The Memphis Grizzlies on the road get an upset win over the Utah Jazz, 119-118, because Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain, 28 points in 34 minutes, four threes, four assists, and two steals. But remember, Dylan Brooks was out, not hijacking the offense. And DeAnthony Melton's out. Melton's going to be out probably for the rest of this week. With Melton out, I feel a little bit better about a short term out of Bain. Add him, and let's see where it goes. But Brooks is going to come back, and he's going to hijack shit. I guarantee you. Triple J, Jaron Jackson. What a huge night from him. 26 points. Four threes, eight rebounds, two steals, two blocks. He's, this dude still has top 40 upside. Mo Morant had 32, four, and seven, two steals. Unfortunately, he took 30 shots and hit... 10 of them. That is a gigantic drain on your field goal percentage. And he was 79 from the line on 14 attempts. But otherwise, just huge counting stats. Steven Adams, he's a pretty clear drop, but the defensive stats were good. Three steals and a block. While Kyle Anderson, 9, 8, and 4. While Melton and Brooks are out, Anderson can be a 12-team league option. But other than that, he's not hes not a guy that you need to hold on to through all the uh, struggles. But just massive from Bain. Jackson and Morant. And Morant had 52 fantasy points. Jackson, 48. And Bainey had 43. Well, on to the Jazz. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. 23-13, five blocks and 90% from the field and 83 from the line. It's just a huge night from Gobert. While Boyan Bogdanovich, who'd been missing, he had 24 points with seven threes in 30 minutes. I think he's a 12-team league guy. Conley, 19-4-8, and eight, and Don Mitchell, 18-6-8. And Mitchell did appear to hurt his ankle a little bit here, so just watch that one. Just 25% shooting is obviously horrendous. While Royce O'Neal continues to do like enough to be the 12th or 13th player on a 12-team roster. That's totally fine, but streaming is more valuable than having that player. Rudy Gay, you're going to be stunned. He didn't shoot 80% again. 17% for two points and 18 minutes. He is not, I repeat, not a 12 or 14-team league guy. Well, I don't think Jordy Clarkson is either. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Let me rephrase. Clarkson's fine for 14-team leagues. I'm not sure he's a 12-team league guy. Nine points in 23 minutes. And Gay does take shots away and takes impact away from him. Ingles, also not a 12-team league player. Two points, two assists there. While Hassan Whiteside... The world. He's actually doing pretty well in this role. 12 and 6, 2 blocks. At one of the most elite big man streamers you can find. If you need blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, this is what he brings. You add him, you enjoy it for a game, and you move on. But he is filling his role like absolutely perfectly at this stage. And would you look what we have here. The Philadelphia 76ers with a bunch of players out on the road. Beat the Sacramento Kings despite the new coach. This is not to say that Luke Walton wasn't a bad coach because he was. It's to say he wasn't the only issue. It's also to say that Alvin Gentry isn't a good one. The Sixers were without Ben Simmons, of course, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Toby Harris, Joel Embiid, all their starters from last year and all their starters for this year, apart from Tyrese Maxey. They started 
Maxi, Korkmaz, Thibel, Niang, and Drummond. And they win on the road, 102-94. That's pretty bad. Now, Drummond had nine points. I still His efficiency still remains a mystery. Nine points on 38% shooting, but 23 boards, one steal and three blocks in 31 minutes. One of his better recent performances. When Embiid comes back, I don't see holding on to him, but this was good. Thibel, defensive specialist, we know that, but he added 15 points. Three steals and a block is good, while Maxi, at some point, the shooting was going to stop, and it did. But because everyone was out, the volume made up for it. 24 points on 36% shooting. He was 0-4 from three. He added two assists and uh, two steals and four assists. It's still a good line, but again, Embiid is going to impact this because he isn't going to remain a 50% three-point shooter, so volume is going to come down. Shake Milton had 16 points. George Yang, 12 and 5. Korkmaz had 11 with six assists, and Isaiah Joe chipped in 11 points. But really, a skeleton squad here getting the victory is huge for the Sixers, and then they'll start to welcome some of these guys back. Um, still holding Maxi, of course, but still a bit of a sell high. On to the Kings. Owen Gentry came in. First thing he did was decided to bench Chemezi Metu and keep him out of the rotation so that he could bring in Mo Harkless. And I don't know why. Harkless played 19 minutes and had two points. Obviously, he's not a fantasy pickup. He decided to play Marvin Bagley over Chemezi Metu. Now, Bagley played just 12 minutes and had four and five, so don't add Marvin Bagley. But there's still a gigantic hole there at the three or the four, depending on how you want to classify Barnes. Um, and not much changed. We got 21 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 threes from Buddy Heald. He was on the Buy Low show earlier today because his numbers had been horrendous. They picked back up. Darren Fox had 23 and 5. He hit 8 of 10 from the line. That's a surprise. Is that a coaching thing? I don't think so. Good to see him pick it up. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Rough night for Barnes. Now, remember how high he was rolling? He's 66th over the last two weeks. That's sort of settling into the right area now. 10 and 5, 25% shooting, while Halliburton was a disgusting zero points on five shots, zero five, but added nine assists and a steal, which helps his value somewhat there. Rashawn Holmesy Holmes, he did have to go to the locker rooms. That kept his minutes down, but he still ended with 28. That's a huge positive. I think we can expect, hopefully, Gentry's going to play him 30 plus. 18 and 8, 80% shooting. Um, despite only 28 minutes, it's a good sign that he played 28, despite having that trip to the locker room after getting hit in the face. That's a positive sign. The loss at home to a skeleton Sixers crew is a disgustingly negative sign. But we'll see what this means. Does Harkless keep in this spot? I don't know what Gentry's game is with that. They don't have too many options, let's be fair. Yeah, I think Metu was the... You know what? I want him to throw Luke King in there and see what Luke King can do, but I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon. Davion Mitchell continues to drop off in his production. Four points in 25 minutes with 22% shooting. And the problems with shooting and efficiency are coming to the fore for him. He's just a deeper league steals guy. Still rostered in far too many 12-team leagues. And if you still have him in 12-team leagues, I'd love to know the rationale behind it. Let's look at the lines of the night now for Monday. The monstrous line of the night goes to um, Rudy Gobert. The waiver wire line of the night goes to uh, Ty Jerome who had a bit of a, a bit of a step up with Shea Gildas-Alexander out. The young gun of the night is LaMelo Ball. Not really a surprise there. And then I tell a man's not hot. the dart of the night is Franz Wagner. We already talked about him. Just a stinking night from Wagner. And if you did want to drop him, I think it is okay. The top 10 players for nine category leagues today. I've got number one was Gobert. Two was Rogier. Three was Durant. Four was LaMelo. Five was Trey Young. Six was Harden, seven was Bain, eight John Collins, nine Jaron Jackson, and number 10 was Josh Hart. 
Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Ty Jerome, don't worry too much about that. Armani Brooks, don't worry. There's just so many blowouts today. It's hard to judge any of this. Billy Hernan Gomez, all right, deeper leagues, maybe. Dino Gallinari, 14 teams. KCP, 14 teams. Okoro, probably 16 teams. Jared Vanderbilt, 12 teams. Mo Wagner, disregard. RJ Hampton, maybe 16, but hard to say with the injuries in the backcourt there. And then Campaign, who's an interesting 14 to 16 team league guy. And then for points leagues, the top 10 players today were Ball, Murray, Durant, Gobert, Morant, Jaron Jackson, Drummond, Harden, Towns, and Terry Rozier. That will do it for today's show, guys. Don't forget, leave a Watfo for tomorrow down below. Um, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Check out the Locked On Bets podcast as well. And if you are on YouTube, give me a thumbs up, subscribe, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.